podcast for scuba divers everywhere. Take your seat at the dive table with your hosts, Jay Gardner and Scott Bauer. Welcome to the dive table. I'm Jay Gardner, and with me is our fourth guest co-host of season two, someone I'm, I'm extremely happy to call a friend and a teammate uh, and an awesome diver, coming to us all the way from Austin, Texas, Mr. Scott Bauer. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Jay, and I am incredibly happy to be here too. Good. I'm glad you're happy to be here because it would suck if we started out with like, and I'll do it because you asked me to. <laughs> yeah, because it's, yeah, we're on a Zoom call and it's like I'm at work, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I just hit record. Right. Well, and producer Daniel is here as well, which must mean we are recording another episode of the show. Scott, it's been a minute um, since we've released a new episode. You and I had some technical difficulties the last time we tried to do this and finally sorted out. So I'm excited. The moment is here. The software is working. Everything is is in our favor to actually record this episode. Uh, and I've been looking forward to it. And one, one of the reasons I'm really excited about having you on the show for the next three episodes is that you bring such a strong skill set to the table, right? Uh, to, to the dive table, literally. But uh, <laughs> I don't have, which is underwater photography. You are uh, an incredible, I think... I think it's fair to say up and coming, if not already, you know, established and up and coming underwater photographer. And I have always appreciated having the photos you took from the dives we take together. And in the back of my head, I'm always beating myself up after dives we take that you're not on that I didn't take any photos. So I'm glad you're here with us to help us unpack the subject of underwater photography but before we get rolling too far into this episode in the next three, why don't you take a minute, just introduce yourself to the audience out there, to our listeners. Who are you? Where are you located? Where you, how'd you get into diving? All that fun stuff. Okay, cool. Well, um, so yeah, my name is Scott. Uh, I've been shooting underwater really since I started diving, which I know in most cases isn't recommended. But it's never really been with, uh, you know, when I first got into this, it's not like I had a big camera or anything like that. I just, I started with a GoPro and got really fascinated with a few aspects of having, um, uh, you know, some sort of recording device with me when I was underwater going to these places that I was really excited to go to. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll take it a few steps backwards because I think it's important for me to kind of explain what got me into diving and why I chose that path and also kind of what's what's kept me into it as well so way back a long time ago before I ever started um, getting into the water before I ever started diving I've always been really fascinated with marine life and uh, I used to grow coral in, in saltwater tanks you know one of my favorite little nerdy hobbies uh, growing different species of coral um, you have to maintain this entire uh, little miniature ecosystem uh, inside the tank, uh, in order just for the coral itself to be happy, you had to have all the snails, all the hermit crabs, um, different types of starfish. Even you have to have fish because they add a certain element to the water too. Um, that keeps this, uh, keeps this whole system in check in balance. And just doing that, you learn about all these different things that live on a coral reef and how all these different parts go together. And, uh, it just eventually came to the point where I wanted to see this in real life and not a captive environment. Mm. 
And right. that's why I signed up for that, that first open water class. Um, and I remember me and one of my friends, you know, right after I signed up for that class, we decided to go to the Florida Keys and that was my first reef dive. Um, nice. and back then it, it's so funny how expensive scuba turns out to be. Um, cause back then, uh, I remember I just immediately splurged on a whole set of gear, uh, <laughs> right when I got into it, you know, I went straight into like getting my own wing, my own reg. Um, I bought the wetsuit before I even signed up, signed up for the class for some reason. And yep. then I really thought I was going high dollar when I bought a GoPro Hero 4. And I had no Oof. idea back then how much, like, like <laughs> you know, how much money I'd probably be, unfortunately, spending in the long run on, on a bigger camera system. Um, but it seems to have all kind of paid off, you know. So, um, you know, when I say paid off means, like, I think I've just about broken even on money that I've made through photography. I, I don't think that. I've profited in any sort of way, but at least it's somewhat justified <laughs> at the end of the day. You fed yourself a couple pizzas. But that's kind of what got me started. And um, there is something about having a, having a GoPro running, especially on those early dives, because I still look at that footage every now and then because it's really kind of interesting. And there's all sorts of things that are happening that you're not able to fully take in. And there's this thing that people say about, you know, how they don't like to shoot, you know, mess with GoPros while they're diving because they want to live in the moment. And I, I, I totally understand that. Um, but there's a whole element to it that you're losing through just the, you know, I don't know, just through the human memory. You, you start to, the details start to soften up and you start to lose, you know, certain aspects of things that you experience to these dives. And um, one of my, one of my favorite things is I, I have these, these huge hard drives over here, just terabytes and terabytes of GoPro footage. And every now and then, you know, I'll open up some of those volumes and start going through dives that I did years ago and notice things that I didn't even remember, you know, seeing that, that were right in mm. front of me. And I, I think that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, that, so that's kind of like a nutshell of what, what got me started and, um, you know, what interest kind of led me into diving um, and honestly, the, the GoPro is what got me started in photography because it eventually just, you know, turned into a bigger and bigger camera system, you know, slowly over time. And it's not like I have the most advanced camera now, but compared to the Hero 4, it's definitely um, <laughs> a step forward. Yeah, I think I had a Hero 4 as well and I, it got flooded and that thing did not recover. It lived in rice for like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, a week, two weeks. Tried everything. Yeah, it's funny because yeah, those older GoPros—they're not waterproof. Now they're all waterproof without the house. Yeah, I mean only to yeah, exactly. ten or fifteen feet, but yeah, if it still, floods, yeah. it won't—it won't hurt it now. Yeah, and that's cool. I, I, the story about the the growing coral—I mean, that is a really interesting hobby. My my daughter and I, or one of my daughters and I, went into a tropical fish store, and that was their specialty. Was kind of the yeah. starter corals and all that, and um, I, I could have spent you know, days in there learning about all that stuff. <laughs> it was so fascinating. So it's interesting that was a pathway for you into wanting to go see it in real life. What got you into the fish tanks? Like, was that something you grew up with or something like random hobby you got introduced to? You know, I've had them growing up. I've had them growing up. I wasn't that interested when I was a kid. I, I think it was, it's just something um, about, uh, you know, just, getting into that interest of marine life, that, that interest starts to grow and build on itself. And you just want to keep, um, 
um, keep growing. There's something really satisfying about watching. This sounds so weird. It's hard for it's hard for you to understand unless you're actually growing the coral. But there's something really satisfying about watching it grow. It's no different than a bonsai tree or maybe plants that you have in your your garden. It's something that you're you're putting a labor of love into upkeeping every day. Um, and, uh, you, you start to get really passionate about it as you watch it progress through time. And, um, yeah, just through the process of learning about what it needs and how to, you know, how to make it, uh, healthier and how to make your whole system that you have set up run more efficiently. Um, it's just, it's interest on top of interest that kind of build up each other, if that makes sense. Okay. But the important question here is, did you name each of your coral? I, I could imagine you being in the room, being like, "Oh, Carl, Carl, come no, on, Carl. no, you get really scientific about it. it it's the opposite, and I, I think a lot of uh, a lot of um, people that are really into growing coral or raising raising fish. There's a lot of fish breeders that are really scientific about it. They're actually kind of against naming them, you know, because they're it's more about the species type and and you know everything along those lines. Whereas like uh, maybe when you're a kid and you had an aquarium, you would name your fish, you know, but this is more of the, and it, I don't know, there's, there's something kind of funny about that, but this is more about the, the, the science to it, I guess. Okay. All right. All right. Good. I was curious. Uh, I think I would have named the coral. I don't, I don't know why, but that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> awesome. And you're in Austin. Um, are yeah. you originally from there or where, where are you from? How'd you end up where you are? I'm originally from New Orleans and um, I was actually born in Houston, grew up in New Orleans, spent high school back in the Houston area, um, and then spent college in Lubbock, Texas at Texas Tech. Okay. okay. I came to Austin after and that. Then Austin after that. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. So and you and I have dove a ton together, um, which is which is fun. And now I'm in California and you're in, in still in Texas. Um, so yeah. we'll probably get the chance to uh to bring up the old dives and, and all that fun stuff too. But uh, but there's a lot to see in Texas as well. Not coral, um, unless you're you know out in the in the Gulf there. But uh, but that's good. So for our episodes together, I think that we wanted to stay kind of in the ballpark of photography. Um, there's a ton of divers out there who want to be able to capture their experience under the water, kind of like what you'd say. Uh, you know, th- capture those memories, have them forever in hard drives and things, and. Because of that, they've taken up some level of underwater photography. And so for this particular episode, we wanted to kind of go back to the roots and ask maybe the fundamental question about underwater photography to start us, which is why take photos underwater in the first place? Like why even is it worth it? Like what's what's the deal here? And I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. So are you ready to jump into this first episode? I guess you could say I'm ready to uh, camera roll right in. All right, good. So let's run into this. Let's let's jump into this uh, subject on photography. So. I think the place to start to set all this up is to start with what are right now the various underwater photography options that are out there for people. So what are the types of photography people can can focus on? What are the tools that are available? And kind of what's the scope of taking 
taking photos? I mean, are you dive planning for photos or are dive sites, you know, dedicated to that's photos or, you know, is it more I'm diving, having fun, and then I take a photo here and there, kind of the whole thing. So let's, let's get into maybe first, what are the, the types of photography that you see people kind of broadly jumping into and, and getting into at this point? Yeah, well, on the surface level, you know, I guess you can start with the the idea of carrying a GoPro with you. And that's usually where most people start. And usually uh, in that use case, you're not planning a dive to take a photo or a video. It's it's something that you have hanging from your D-ring or whatever um, that you can pull out quickly and capture, you know, whatever's swimming by. And at that rate, it's, it's, there's not too much involved with it. It's, it's super easy. You can upload it to your phone and post it to the, post it to Facebook or whatever almost immediately. And that's usually where most people that get into it get started, in my opinion. You know, I could be totally wrong about that, but, um, you know, GoPros are now they're great for video, not so much for stills. Um, but I would say, I would say if you're shooting wide angle, it's definitely better than what you would get from a, you know, like those Olympus uh, TG, uh, TG6 or whatever those things are that you see mm. everybody have. Um, but on the other hand, uh, if you're shooting tiny creatures, the Olympus cameras, that they, they do amazing and a GoPro does terrible for that. Um, so, you know, it just kind of depends on, on what's happening. But um, d- different types of photography, you know, can be separated into two different categories really broadly. And that's going to be, that's going to be anything that's wide angle and then anything that's macro and macro is of course a tiny seahorse or a shrimp or, you know, something small and wide angle is you're capturing the entire scene of something. And, mm. um, yeah, so really in those two broad cat- categories, that's what you're going to get. And then within those categories, probably it starts to subdivide into subjects. So there might be mm-hmm. people that are really, you know, passionate about taking photos of mammals under the water or people. I know there's a whole like Facebook group and, and a group of people that are like nudie branch. That's, that's what like their yeah, thing is, yeah. you know, and it's like, that's their, that's their, for, you know, for, for you, it might be, you know, getting that or picture people, of the, the gar or, or right? people shooting or people, people right? underwater. Uh, there, there's a whole, there's a whole thing for mermaids. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> there's even a Netflix show about it right now. Uh, which is, is there really? Funny. I didn't I, know that. I, yeah. I know two of those mermaids that are on that show. They've, they've come down to San Marcos <laughs> and we've done, <laughs> we've done photo shoots. That's crazy. And there's also product. I mean, I think it's more of a niche in terms of, of product photography underwater, but I've been seeing a little bit of like, the stylistic like advertising photography um, mm-hmm. people getting into a little bit that uh, that's kind of interesting, but there is a lot of that for underwater products as well. Like lights and, you know, scuba gear in a lot of ways needs photographs. It's interesting as well. that you say that. Yeah. Because so under the jungle, uh, when, I, when I went and dove there and of course you're familiar with them. Um, sure. I, I don't really want to drop any names, but the, uh, the the guide that I had, she said that her boyfriend, that's how he that's part of how he makes his living is doing product photography, I guess, in the cenotes out there in that, you know, beautiful, clear water, whether it's uh, some sort of dress watch or uh, any anything like that, that, you know, you can set in a, a nice little nice little backdrop and have some light rays. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've seen that coffee. All, that all comes together. Yeah. 
like a bag of coffee and a coffee. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's <laughs> actually coffee in it, though. probably full of rocks, but, uh, but yeah. still it was a bag of coffee. You know, I've seen different things kind of interesting, uh, cracking the, the rum that, that should definitely be a, uh, a group oh, that's, that's a trying idea. or a company that's trying to, uh, take some, I, photos I need to sneak water. a bottle of that into Spring Lake one day and, and get some, get some shots. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There you go. See? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so I think you're right. There's, there's kind of this, uh, wide angle capturing a whole scene kind of maybe to, um, when you're talking about the GoPro, just kind of, I've seen things, you know, put it on your mask or just kind of hit record and go and don't think about it afterwards. And that might be more like documentarian style, you know, photography in that way. It's, it's really videography at that point. Um, mm-hmm. versus the, the macro, which is, uh, I think a lot of, um, folks, you know, that see people on dive boats going out with big rigs. Usually it's, it's the macro, um, cameras, I think. Uh, I mean, uh, you, you tell me because I don't really know, but I would assume when I see the, those photographers underwater, they're, you know, seeing things that I'm not seeing, you know, along a, a wall or in a coral. Uh, a reef or something like that. And so they're trying to get that, that perfect picture of that crab or, you know, that little octopus or whatever it would be that they're mm-hmm. seeing. I've also seen some folks and, and this is photography, um, uh, for, you know, with the underwater phone cases, which I, I just, I don't think I'd ever trust a case <laughs> with, with my phone, but I, I saw some people messing with it on a dive boat, you know, trying to figure out how to, Make sure it was watertight. I think they ended up not bringing in the water, which I could totally understand because <laughs> yeah. that's a big risk, right? You know, like you're going to 40 yeah. feet and that thing floods. That's the like thing. The, it's expensive. How many GoPros have I found on the bottom? You know, how, how many GoPros have I found on the bottom of Canyon Lake? And and if you think about it, if you lose your GoPro, not, not a whole lot, you know, once you're done with your dive, yeah, that, that sucks that you lost your GoPro, but at least you can call people and function in society. Um, if you, uh, you drop your phone and ends up on the bottom of Canyon Lake and you can't find it, then, uh, that's, I mean, losing your phone's a painful thing to go through and that yes. does kind of, uh, suck, but that is the new thing. You know, the, those housings made by, I think the company's called Divolk. They're, they're really well made and they're, they're really reliable. And of course, you know, um, camera, the camera technology and all these new iPhones is progressing pretty quick. And it's, it's definitely nothing like what you get from a, from a real camera system, but it's, it's still pretty impressive and it, it certainly beats what you can get with a GoPro. And, um, honestly, that is the, that's the way to go these days. I think instead of buying a GoPro is, is getting that and you can, you can shoot macro with it. You can shoot wide angle video. It's, it's fully stabilized. I mean, it, it looks great on the, the newer iPhones. Yeah. But if you uh, I mean, lose I, it, a, you're losing a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. If, I mean, if you, if you happen to be in the financial situation where you can buy another iPhone just yeah. to take diving, then, then like it sounds like a good platform. But, uh, but yeah, there's a lot you're risking if something goes wrong or you lose it or, you know, how many things have you left on a dive boat? You know what I mean? Uh, you forget it. In your, <laughs> yeah, exactly. In your kit. Um, but yeah. And then, okay. So, there's the underwater phone case. There's the GoPro, which look, I, I'm a big GoPro user, but I usually am only uh, utilizing that tool when I'm teaching. So mm-hmm. I've put together a few, 
you know, GoPro videos from various trips I've taken and things like that. And I, you know, I have to, I have to admit it's one of those things that I'm not great at, nor do I love putting all the energy into that yet. Like I'm, I'm trying to love it. I want to love it because I want to share what, what I've been up to. But at the same time, like it's a lot of work. I haven't gone back to doing it again. And I regret that. Um, so those are kind of the maybe more amateur, amateur approaches. What starts to happen when you go, okay, I want to get more serious than what I can get with my GoPro. What what kinds of rigs do you kind of see out there now? Yeah. Well, no, that, that's a good question. I think it starts when you love the process of just editing your GoPro footage from the dive that day. If that's something that you're not feeling, then it's probably never going to happen, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. There's I'm just, sunk. <laughs> no, no. For, 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 uh, for real, though, like, I think there's just, there's certain personality types that that sort of thing works for, and certain personality types um, that, you know, that type of creation just, they have no interest in that, you know? Um, there's just something fun for me about going on a dive and then bringing back that footage and being able to share it with people to where other people see it as a chore. Um, but yeah, if you make it past that stage, and you realize <clears throat> that that is something that you want to do, um, I would say the next stage after that is to um, get into maybe like a, a, a lower-end Sony mirrorless camera uh, or one of those Canon mirrorless cameras. Um, a lot of people make the mistake of going with like the, you know, um, I, I always forget if it's a TG4 or TG6. I haven't even looked into it any, any deeper than that. A lot of people make that mistake, though. And what you're getting with that camera Again, it takes really good stills macro, um, but you're not going to be able to shoot very good wide images with it. And I think that's why a lot of people lose interest so quick because they take that camera that costs them a lot of money and they, they take it on a dive with them and um, they shoot a wide, you know, like a, a wide shot. They get back and this is this like blue washed out <laughs> looking image that probably looks worse <laughs> than what a GoPro could give you. And you're like, why? Why did I go through the trouble of carrying this thing with me? And you know, you have no interest in it after that point and you kind of, you know, put it on the shelf and, and move on. Um, but there's a lot to be, uh, there's a lot to be gained from, um, a lower end, very affordable, but good quality camera system, like what Sony and Canon uh, both have to offer on their, 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 their lines of mirrorless cameras. And you can, you can do a lot with those, even without good lighting. Um, th th there's quite a bit you could do if you know how to edit it. And that's the whole other, pitfall that you got to kind of get past too is is 90 percent of a good underwater photo in my opinion is is you know editing more not 90 yeah. percent <laughs> but you know a lot of it and uh, uh yeah if you're just going to pull it straight out of camera it's always going to look blue and washed out yeah yeah so you've got you've got the camera whether you're going mirrorless or not you've got the housing which is a whole different ball game well i should say you have camera and then lenses and then you yeah, have the housing <laughs> there's a lot and of then them. you have you know when you really get into it you know lighting and and uh and all that stuff is is not cheap uh by any means just like any photography but anything that goes underwater is a little more expensive so i mean you know you can like you're saying you can start with one of those mirrorless Sonys or Canons and a housing. Obviously, like don't just take the camera you buy at Best Buy and go diving with it. You got you have to put it in a housing. But then yeah. eventually you're gonna upgrade the, you know, the housing and you're gonna upgrade the to lights and 
um, you know, Strove versus this. And then, and then eventually you get into the stuff that kind of you're doing and, and other pros are doing where you're even like placing lights in, in an environment before you even take the shot. Right. Like, um, which is crazy. So, so yeah, it kind of scales and I'm sure it goes even further than that. Um, you know, as you go up the scale there, but yeah, it kind of scales up from, you know, the underwater Apple camera to, uh, you know, this humongous rig, um, that's, you know, as big as your, your wing, uh, that you're taking into the, into the, uh, into the water. <laughs> causes more drag than your tire dive kit. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's, uh, that's funny. All right. Well, good. So I think, I think that kind of covers the, the types. So, so again, wide angle versus macro and subject dependent and some of the tools that are readily available, obviously to the average, maybe, you know, up and coming photographer. We talk about the the pros, the not geo, you know, photographers is a whole nother layer of of things I think that get added to it. But I think that kind of covers that. So let's maybe talk about there's gear, there's you know the the subject, there's wide angle versus macro. But like why and you kind of alluded to it I think in, in the beginning here. Why do underwater photos matter kind of in the grand scheme of things? So, you know, there is that argument out there that look like I'm diving and I want to be in the moment. And, and there's some truth to that with, with, for, for me, even with like, you know, Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance, I've talked about before on this podcast about, you know, removing the frame and being a part of the environment and having that experience versus seeing it through a lens or seeing it through, a camera or, or even reliving it, you know, later through a hard drive, like you're talking about your first dives. Mm -hmm. So why do underwater photos kind of matter in the grand scheme of things? And is there a a personal payoff to capturing a photo or a set of photos? And and I think you alluded to some of this stuff in the opening, but I want to unpack that a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think for me, there's definitely a personal payoff to it and it's, Part of it is sharing it with other people, but part of it is very personal too. Um, you know, the whole, whatever, whatever that is that drive that, you know, makes us all want to go scuba diving all the time, you know, cause you, there's some people that dive a few times a year and then there's people like us that are obsessed with it for some reason. And <laughs> there, there, there's something that, that draws us to that. And, um, when you get into photography, um, you typically will start photographing things that you love like that. And there is something about capturing, uh, trying to capture, just like what you said, um, you know, you're talking about living in the moment and removing the frame. There's something about putting a frame up there and trying to capture certain specific things within that frame um, that uh, kind of uh, capture everything that you want to take and share with somebody else and convey, you know, convey what you love about that specific thing. And, uh, um, yeah, that makes sense. I would say too, that there's another thing too about when you're, when you're somewhere that you find really fascinating in, in a, in a place that you feel like is very cool, you know, like for example, the first time I ever went to the flower garden banks, I was, I was blown away. I haven't been diving in a whole lot of places by that point. Um, and, uh, that was, you know, one of the earlier coral reefs that I've ever seen. Um, and I was just blown away. Um, there's something about wanting to capture that moment and kind of freeze that moment, uh, in the best way that you possibly can. So you could bring that back home and, 
either turn it into a fine art print or share it with your friends or even just post it on social media, whatever you're into. Um, it's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like a souvenir to where you're not really taking anything from that place, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think that makes sense. And like, I guess I think that's some of the regret I, I have sometimes is like, Oh, I wish I, you know, there's only so far that, that verbal storytelling can go. Uh, to where you're trying to communicate what you saw or, mm-hmm. you know, to, to friends that don't dive or what it's like under the water. And, yeah. and, you know, it's hard to convey that in with words often. And that's what it is. In my opinion it's, it's, it's a form of communication. I, I think that's a very good way to put it. And that that's what photography is on any level. It's, you know, you're telling a story with one image, whereas a video mm-hmm. you're telling a story in multiple sequences. Photography is, you're trying to include um, whatever you need in that one image to tell that story. And if your audience is people that don't dive and you're trying to um, share with them that, that amazing feeling that you got the first time you dove in the flower garden banks in the Gulf of Mexico, and you want them to feel that grandness that you felt uh, when you first jumped in there, that, that, that's a really special thing. If, 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 you know, I'm ever able to accomplish that, that would feel really good. Um, if you could just yeah. nail it, you know, just like absolutely nail it in one photograph and it just kind of hangs there for forever and keeps getting shared and looked at and, you know, just builds its own life. Yeah. It's like the, the light rays in, um, the pit, you know, you yeah. see that picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one of those pictures that we, uh, we don't even, I, I don't even probably have to say which one it is. We, we both have probably the same image in our head right now. Of that picture, there, there's a picture the I keep rays. seeing of Ponderosa too. That's that's kind of like that, and yeah, it's just you know and, these god rays coming through the the opening, and and it did kind of capture what that felt like when you dove there. We we didn't dive there together. We dove there separately. But when you dove there, that image is what comes to mind from that experience. Even though there's a lot more to both of those sites, you know, the, mm-hmm. the pit. I've the never been to Pond Rose. I'm talking about somebody else's. <laughs> I'm talking about somebody oh, else's okay, photos okay. <laughs> that I keep seeing. Yeah. I've never been to Pond Rose. I've I wanted to, I've been told to go there in the wintertime. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it'll pit. I mean, that blew, that blew my mind for sure. I, I yeah. really loved that experience. Yeah. Um, but I think there's, yeah, I, there's I, something else that you said earlier. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Jay, my bad. Um, no, but there's something ahead, else that you said. Uh, there, there's something else that you said earlier too um, that, kind of answers your question in a way because you were talking about um, the different levels that a photographer might be on, whether they're just carrying a GoPro to shoot from the hip as they're diving or whether they're going as far as to plan an entire dive uh, to take a shot. And that's another thing that I've always found really fascinating and I haven't really gotten into it at that level yet, but I definitely, you know, want to, want to grow to that because that's when you're taking, um, that's when you're planning a dive kind of like a mission to where, you know, you're coming back with this, this image that you have in your mind, this, this thing that you want to create. Um, and you know, now you're taking this, uh, this whole tangible skill that you've been learning and all these technical things, and then you're mixing it with creativity and in its own, in in its own way. I, I just find that really fascinating. And then you get to come back with that, uh, with that package basically. Yeah. And, and that's that's something that I, I I really like the idea of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, going as far as storyboard storyboarding out the the communication mm-hmm. that you want to have, right? I mean, and and trying to go and capture those images. I mean, you know, as as an instructor, that's a normal thing to do in terms of 
planning out dives for specific purposes, right? So we're going to yeah. accomplish this on this dive. <clears throat> but I think that is a layer of photography where, where, you know, you're planning out the dive. And I think that that's a big scope. It's not just the storyboard and things that you need to capture because you're in the wild. There's no guarantee. All right. We need, you know, Anything can happen, I always yeah. joke about the, uh, that cartoon I saw, you know, the find a fish book, the, the, uh, the diver shooting an SMB into a jellyfish. Like you know, that's on your storyboard. Like <laughs> I need the shot of the diver shooting SMB into the center of a jellyfish, you know, and like I need three there's dolphins a lot of in dependencies. the background. <laughs> and dolphins in the background with a great white fin on the top, you know, like, okay. You know, like there's no guarantee, but even if you're getting in the water to say like, Oh, you really want to capture, like I always think about, um, you know, spring lake and the, the gar, and you know the the gar bar there's a there's a location in spring lake um or in in the spring there that is uh known as or nicknamed as the gar bar because that's where the the gars are supposed to hang out and they're somewhat elusive right they're not exactly the uh the most uh easy subjects to photograph and you and I have been in there a few multiple times together and i remember the dive that we went on and you go like I got it, I got I got the gar. Like it were there. Like you know, it was awesome. <laughs> I'm like I was wondering what the heck you were chasing up on the surface, and like yeah, or you weren't on the surface, but close to, like close to the there. top. Yeah, like, nobody. Uh, usually, people that go with me, they don't see the gar. Um, for those of you that don't know, Alex, he he dies with us a lot, and I'll do a lot of Spring Lake dives with him, and he's telling me that he thinks those gar are CGI because every time <laughs> I go on a dive with them and photograph them he doesn't see them on the dive whatsoever um, but <laughs> right. it's kind of funny you're right because you have to go kind of up on the top towards the surface and uh you're behind like some brush you know that's some foliage that's back there and if you're down on the riverbed you won't you won't see them yeah and, and when you think about the the intention or the intentionality behind shooting like that and you ask that question you know why do underwater f- photos matter in the in the grand scheme of things i also think if you zoom out and you think about like the story of Valley, Valerie Taylor, for example, I don't know if you saw a documentary uh, playing with sharks, but uh, it was great. Um, but a lot of these stories, you know, Valerie Taylor, Jacques Cousteau, obviously the most famous one, you know, the inventor of the Aqualung, all these things. Um, even Dr. Sylvia Earle at some level, a lot of these stories started with, you know, fishing. I was a underwater spear fisher. And then I started taking underwater photographs and video. And then I realized, oh, this video tells a story. And so I started telling that story. And then I realized the things that we do actually affect the underwater world. And it turned into some of the great conservationists of their time. And so when you think about like the percentage of people that are privileged enough to call themselves scuba divers and have been able to see what a coral reef looks like for themselves or what, <coughs> excuse me, what a spring or cenote looks like or what, you know, the wall in an ocean looks like or a wreck. Um, there, there aren't, a, a, it's not a mass. It's not like, you know, how many people have flown on an airplane at this point. It's, it's a lot. Uh, how many people have seen a coral reef with their own eyes under, under the water? You know, the, the number is limited. But then you say, how many people know what a coral reef is? And almost everybody would. And why? Because those photos bring it to life. Well, you know, what's, what's happening in the ocean? What's happening over time at a dive site or in a particular environment? 
And so I think that, that photos matter in the grand scheme of things because they bring others into that world, into that environment, into that wild that otherwise either couldn't or won't ever be in that environment. And, and that has turned into a lot of conservation and, and, and activism. And that's, that's amazing. So there's something special too, about, I think about the separation between photographs and videography. Um, I don't know why, but videography feels more, um, at least this is how, how people would describe it to me when I was asking you about it was feels more that you're observing something, you know, it, it's harder to put yourself in that environment. You're more observing what somebody else mm-hmm. is doing versus a photograph for whatever reason, because it's still, because it's limited, because it's, you know, only the, the, the four, you know, sides of that frame feels like you can put yourself in that scene easier. Like your imagination has an easier job putting yourself in it for some reason than it does with watching a video. And I found that kind of interesting. And and as I thought about it, true. So anyway, my my point being that I think that underwater photography has a, has a huge role to play um, when it's used in that way to introduce people to what's happening under our water, um, what's happening in our waterways and, and leads to, I'm not saying all photographs lead to conservationism and, and activism, but that certainly has been a pathway for people. And, and that's, a, I think, a really, you know, kudos to photography and, and those that get really into it to, to tell those stories and show, you know, even if it's your small group of friends that don't dive, what you see, it's a cool way to invite them into into that environment that, that needs us to be conscious of. Um, our underwater, you know, health and underwater, um, you know, ways that we impact. No, I think that's uh, very real. Yeah. There, even if it's in like such a small way of, you know, one or two of your friends seeing it. And uh, I, I think a lot of that too, um, you know, the local Texas stuff, because um, a lot of people don't realize that there's springs in the hill country that, that look like Spring Lake or, or uh, Landed Lake in New Braunfels and, um, it, it's always interesting to me when you post a picture of one of those areas and people ask you where you went on vacation to go take that picture or something like that. It's <laughs> right. like, well, that blue waters, you know, <laughs> right here, there's, there's springs all over the place in the, in the hill country. And a lot of people don't realize that. And, and I think that's another fascinating thing about the flower garden banks too, because a lot of people don't realize there's a coral reef <laughs> off the coast of Galveston because the last thing, when you go and look at that chocolate milk water on the the beach of Galveston, the last thing you expect to be, <laughs> even if it is a hundred miles offshore, the, the last thing you would expect to be out there is is that. And uh, I've always found that kind of funny too. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. I mean, I think I think there is a both a personal payoff to photography and and a broader impact that photographs can bring and and videography can bring. Um, of course, like. I'm going back to feeling like I didn't love editing my GoPro videos, so I have this on hopeless. And it's fine if you didn't love it. Yeah, it's, it's that. It's just I think it's I think it that type of activity only works with certain personalities. You know, I, I think only certain types of people can ever be into that, and uh, it's definitely something you can't really force yourself to like. And <laughs> I totally understand if you don't. You know. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those things in the back of my head that I always think about is like if I if I just got better at sharing what I'm doing, you know, and having mm-hmm. that that muscle in your in your 
repertoire and I just never have it. But at the same time, I so appreciate, like, for example, I mean, this is a stupid appreciation, but it's still an appreciation. You know, we just moved. Everyone knows that out in the podcast world. And, you know, I have a new house to <clears throat> furnish and, and an office and things. And, um, and yeah, I'm like, hey, Scott, can I print a couple pictures that you took of me under the water? Is that cool with you? And like, uh, yeah, you're like, hey, yeah, no worries. Like, send me which ones. I'll send you the high-res photo. And I'm going to put those up in my office. And, and they're memories. You know, the, the ones that I wanted, one was on that little expedition we took out in the, in the river there. Um, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. That was that a great photo. And the other one was, you know, I think I think we were actually in Spring Lake and I was just messing around. I don't you. I was being a, you know, photographer, dive buddy, <laughs> dive teammate and sitting there watching whatever you were doing and making sure you were good and um, not seeing what you were seeing, but but happy to be there and uh, in support of you. And then I, when I, when you finally turned around, I was just messing around. I'm like, hey, you know, look, look at, I'm going to be an underwater magician. Like, you know, like <laughs> smoke up in the air. And he, I know and what he you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of uh, funny. funny. So I'm like, I want those. The They're moments. Wheat. They're cool. Yeah. The cream wheat. Yeah. Cream wheat one. Yeah. So, well, good. All right. Well, obviously we're not going to solve world, world peace here uh, in, in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, I'm definitely not going to, um, but other <laughs> photographers will. And I, I totally get what you're saying on that. And I, I completely agree. Um, but yeah, no, it, it can happen in a small way too, I think. And that's, that's kind of fun. Yeah. And, and I think too, it, it's cool that in some ways that skill set for you, at least, like you said, you're, you've kind of broken even. So it's, it's become a, a side hustle and then it's become some, a focus for you to build, which is really yeah, cool. It's not like well. I did it for the money either, you know, like if I look back and think about how much, how much fun I had doing all that stuff that I've done, you know, with, uh, with just diving in general and photography in general. Um, and the fact that, uh, I mean, I would still, I, I would pay a ton of money to do a lot of that stuff, you know? So I'm good to be honest. <laughs> You're good. I just want yeah, to keep on, you know, finding, finding some, some interesting places to go and, uh, try to take a, try to take a good photograph or two. Yes, and and you know, just don't ever hire an accountant to like actually balance the books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, that's it, what exactly. scares me about scuba. <laughs> like, no, yeah, you, you, that knowledge would not be power. That knowledge would be, you know, uh, I think a sad, sad, sad day. Uh, yeah, I know it, it, it blows my mind, like how how quickly stuff adds up to, and, and things that you don't even, uh, and things that you don't even want to count. Um, like, uh, for example, um, I ordered some parts kits today for my my regulators and and then I was looking at how much I've been spending on gas fills and you, you don't even think about that sort of thing you like to think about the bigger stuff like how much did I spend on buying those tanks buying that wing buying the regs and you you, you don't take it you don't take into account usually what you're spending on just maintenance um or <laughs> right. the gas itself yeah, yeah yeah totally all right well let maybe let's wrap this one up with with um, some advice so for you, I, I my advice is really simple. For you know, to answer this question, I don't know, you know, because like, I'm not I'm not in your your realm by any means. But what advice do you have for divers that are maybe getting into photography or or thinking about like that enjoyed editing that GoPro video and sharing it out? You know, what advice mm -hmm. do you have for those people that are kind of interested in going down that path? Yeah, there's there's two things. The the first and most important thing is to work on buoyancy and trim 
and be able to control the directions that you're going to go, be able to go, most importantly, be able to go backwards. If you can back kick, <laughs> I know that, you know, in most, I guess for most technical divers, back kicking is kind of like a secondary thing, not that big of a deal. But for a photographer, the fact that you can back up when you accidentally push yourself too close to the subject, that that's the most useful thing ever. And, you know, it's something that, um, uh, I used to be really bad at, it and I recently worked on it, but it's it's been a game changer, you know, <laughs> learning learning how to back kick. Um, but yeah, that goes into the whole buoyancy and trim thing. If you can um, figure out what it means to have good form as a diver um, in whatever organization or agency you choose to get your training from, and um, on the gear side of things, avoid any sort of point and shoot camera. Um, once you decide to move past a GoPro uh, or a cell phone. Um, I would, uh, uh, look into, I mean, there, there's a lot of really inexpensive plastic composite housings now that are plenty reliable. So I would look into finding one of those that fits on some sort of, uh, low end Sony or cam Canon, uh, mirrorless camera. If, um, yeah, so I'm, let me kind of, let me kind of rewind a little bit. Um, find the housing first, um, make sure that it's a camera that you want and then get the camera. Don't get the camera and expect to find a housing. Ah, that's a good, that's a good one. Well, why is that? Cause it's, it's hard to find the right. Most housing. people buy a camera and say, I want to take this underwater. Like, uh, <laughs> um, my friend, for example, he bought, uh, he bought a Panasonic, uh, uh, GH five Mark two, I think is it GH five. Yeah. GH five really expensive camera, really nice camera. And yeah, you can find an underwater housing for it, but it's going to be made by not and it's going to cost you six grand. Um, but his, his idea was to put inside a sea frogs housing, which is an amazing idea. And sea frogs makes housings uh, for those, but not for the Mark II. So he bought that camera and wasn't really ever able to take it underwater. And it, it was a huge investment for him. And he recently sold it. Um, but I think uh, I think about things like that. So, you know, get the housing and then buy the camera that goes in that housing. Is what yeah, I would suggest. Yeah, that's a really good. So if you get on Sea Frogs or any known. of those websites, you know, you find it an affordable housing for it, then that's probably the best way to go. Yeah, within within the budget, unless unless you're you know independently wealthy, then go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless you have the money <laughs> for one of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless you have the money for one of those pro quality underwater housings, then you know I, I would look at the camera first. Then, but if you're on a budget, get the get the budget housing first. And if you're listening to this and, and you, you are in that position, um, Scott, you can reach Scott at Scott Bauer, you know, at gmail.com, whatever, and just buy two and send him one. He'd appreciate it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's good advice. It's interesting though that you, you started with, with the personal skills because you kind of took the words right out of my mouth in that is that the only thing I, I know uh, or that I've observed, I should say, is that I've seen a lot of, frustrated photographers, let's say, people that, that are maybe up and coming in photography um, or trying to learn it, they get really frustrated. Oh, I didn't get that picture or they start comparing those pictures. And it's not, it, you know, it, it's because they couldn't stop, right? They got too close and they, they didn't know how to go backwards, right? Or, or you know, they, they crashed into the reef because their buoyancy was bad or they started focusing on something and their buoyancy go, you know, they, they lose it and go up or down. And I think that that's not only a really important point that you made, but it's also a safety point. Like, I think if you're not somewhat 
comfortable. That's the word I've been using, I think, in season two that keeps coming through is is being comfortable in your skills, like getting to where you want to be. I want to be over there and then I want to stop. Are you comfortable doing that, right? Without crashing into something or grabbing something? Are you comfortable, you know, focusing on things? Because like you said in the beginning of the show, there are things that you go back and look at in that video that you realize, oh, I, I didn't even see that and I was in the environment. You know, we have a tendency to have tunnel vision really easily. You know, you think about your first, you know, couple of open water dives outside of your open water course, you know, all, all you're really looking at is your depth gauge and your SPG, right? Constantly. Like you don't see anything else on the dive because this is new gear. Like is my, is my gas still on, right? There's a lot of stress around those things. And so you're tunneled into that piece of equipment. When you start to add in something like a camera that requires like settings, that requires framing, that requires, you know, all of these sorts of things, it's not just a point and shoot unless you're doing, you know, a GoPro in some ways. But if you're trying to capture a shot, it, it's, it can be dangerous if you're not already comfortable with your personal skill set mm-hmm. under the water to then add that in because now you're tunnel visioned into the camera and maybe you're forgetting completely to focus on, you know, checking your, your gas because you, you don't do that normally. Right. Or, you know, that's probably the extreme version, but there are lighter versions where you're checking the settings of your camera and all of a sudden you're on the surface, which I've seen lots of times, yeah, you know, yeah. or you're crashing into the bottom. So I think those, that skill set, and then you don't get the photo and, your dive's over, you know, like, or you put yourself into an emergency situation. So, um, so I think that that's, it's good advice. Like, I don't know what, I don't, I wouldn't venture as far as to say on a podcast what I think those skills, what level those skills should be at. But I think the word comfortable, if, if you mm-hmm. are not yet comfortable with just your, your diving apparatus as it is, um, you know, adding the camera to some degree is going to add another piece of gear that's going to, you know, take your situational awareness inward rather than outward into the environment. And, um, and you have to be careful with that. So I think that's really good advice, you know, getting squared away. And I also think maybe to add on to that, and this is maybe me being safety officer, you know, Jay here, but, but I think too, when you're adding new gear, even if you are comfortable, like, for example, I went on a dive with brand new, like seven brand new things, which is not smart, right? Um, there was no way I should bring a camera on that dive, even a GoPro, right? Because I have so many new things, like new undergarment, new dry suit, new this. And it's like, okay, I have so many things just to get comfortable in. Mm-hmm. And um, I need to focus on those things while maintaining my safety. So again, if you're adding a piece of gear, add it progressively, right? If you're changing something in your kit, you know, maybe don't take the camera on that dive, while you're dialing yeah. that in, right? Um, and I, so, I do so forth, that so. even like when I go on vacation and go on like a long dive trip, I'll, I'll even a lot of times the first dive of that trip, I don't bring the camera uh, just to kind of get dialed in and get used to everything. And and it's not even just being comfortable with diving. I think like if you're going to be operating a cam like a like a camera that actually allows you to control the f stop and the shutter speed and ISO and whatnot, if if you're focusing on that, the amount of task loading that that adds into what you're doing. Diving needs to be second nature. It needs to be something that uh, kind of like riding a bicycle, you know, you're able to stay buoyant without even thinking about it. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not talking about using GoPros or, um, you know, point and shoot type stuff. At, at that point, it's not a big, n- n- not as big of a deal. But if you're using like a camera camera, 
Um, diving should definitely be second nature by that point. You should have a good amount of dives under your belt um, before you try to take that on. Because you're, you're not only risking your own safety, but you're also risking losing an incredibly expensive piece of equipment that you probably spent a lot of money on um, or putting yourself or someone else in danger. And you're not really going to be able to focus on on getting getting any good work until until that aspect um, of what you're doing is is uh, pretty well under your own control. Yeah, maybe we'll um, we'll unpack more of this in the next episode. I think this is a good subject because um, it's interesting that you, that the first place you went with you know how to get started is is personal skills, and and then I would add to that then team skills, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you know, technical skills on the photography. So maybe, maybe we'll unpack some of that in the next episode. Yeah. Sound good? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Good. All right. Well, let's wrap this one up. I mean, this has been good. It's, it's funny. This is so easy. Uh, you know, we, we've spent hours, uh, I, you know, we took a trip. It was like f- four hours out and four hours back in the truck in one day. I think it was something like that, three <laughs> hours, something like that. And I was laughing, you know, I, I compare that trip because uh, you and I just endlessly talked. For the whole time, it was, the like, it was like your own podcast, yeah, yeah. It was like doing a podcast, uh, and, <laughs> and just about diving. It wasn't like just it was talking about diving. So I was, it was funny because uh, this felt like that, you know, super simple. I looked down at the clock, go, oh wow, we're we're uh, we're, we're at time. Uh, it's time to time to wrap this one up. So Scott, thank you so much. Um, before we go, uh, would you let people know where they can find you if if you, they want to connect with you or see some of your work? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's Scott Bauer below. And then my Instagram is also Scott Bauer below. That's where you could go to see a lot of my photos that I post. And um, all of my video is going to be on the YouTube channel. So yeah, feel free to check out either of those. And um, my last name is B-A-U-E-R. Yeah, like like the TV show, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah or Eddie Bauer. <laughs> even, either way, yeah. or Eddie, oh, Eddie Bauer, yeah. No, there's only one. Bauer or Bauer skates. Jack. I think there's yeah Bauer no, skates. It's it's Jack. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's Jack Bauer. Yeah, <laughs> 24. Oh my gosh, that was. You know what's so funny about that is, uh, so I never really got into it live TV. I never was like a get around the TV at a certain time person, and even now, like I think the only time I've ever done that for any show was Game of Thrones when that one was around. It's like a whole community yeah. event. But I remember and this. This maybe dates me, but I remember 24 um, when I was in college. Uh, you know, I had a house with like I don't know five or six roommates. You know how it goes in college, and um, we had a real house though. One of those college roommates had the like check out four discs at a time from Blockbuster deal. Like his, he paid for that monthly subscription or whatever, and so like the whole house benefited from that. And I remember. At one point, they, he brought home, or someone brought home, the first four discs of Twenty Four, you know, season one. And oh yeah, okay, fine, I'll watch it. And it was like, it was just like going back and forth the blockbuster, <laughs> you know, <laughs> every yeah. week and exchanging four discs for this and four discs for that. I always thought that show you know, was funny because Jack so Dyer. much happens in twenty four hours in that show. It's like suddenly he's in Paris after he was in New York four hours ago, you know. <laughs> He never eats. He never yeah, sleeps. Never eats. He never yeah, goes to the bathroom. Like that. Yeah. yeah, there's never a dull moment in Jack Bauer's life. So that's why I said there's only one. <laughs> anyway, okay, good. So Scott Bauer below on YouTube and at Scott Bauer below on Instagram. Connect. 
you might even see the the photos I was referring to earlier of me uh, on his Insta and check yeah, it out. So, they're there. They're there somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so good. Well, today we focused on why, you know, kind of the fundamental question, why take photos underwater in the first place? And we'd love to hear your thoughts. Are you an aspiring underwater photographer? How do you feel about taking photos underwater? How did you get your start or, or what phase are you in? Are you still in the, uh, you know, GoPro phase where you hate editing the video like me? Or are you, you know, well beyond it, building your own rigs and, and things uh, and getting paid to take photos? We'd love to hear from you. So reach out to Scott or myself. We'd love to hear your comments. And make sure that you subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Spotify or Apple or wherever you get them. So you can be a part of this growing community. Any uh, parting thoughts, Scott? Um, man, putting me on the spot. Uh, I would say, no, I don't have any parting thoughts. No parting thoughts. Yeah, Just we're, we're going to have to edit that part out. Um, part, part the subject away from the background, right? That's a parting mm-hmm. thought. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any good photography jokes. Sorry, I, I don't know. <laughs> Don't be a part of taking bad photos underwater. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll go with that. There you go. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thanks out there uh, for joining us today. And we look forward to having you back on the next episode of The Dive Table. The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.